Welcome to Marking Jackson's History, an in-depth look at the Jackson area's historical landmarkers, one site at a time. Hello and thank you for listening to Marking Jackson's History. On this, our debut episode, we will focus on Jackson's history with the Underground Railroad. In 2019 and 2020, two state historical markers were installed in different spots in downtown Jackson, honoring our community's role in the Underground Railroad. The markers tell different stories, but both generally commemorate Jackson's residents who participated in this secret system that transported freedom seekers from slave states in the South to free states in the North. But markers can only say so much. Linda Haas the Jackson resident who did the research behind both markers says there's a lot more to tell and there is a story behind this story regarding the interesting people and places mentioned on these markers. She is also the author of Hidden History of Jackson County, Michigan, Hidden in Plain Sight, the Underground Railroad in Jackson, Michigan, and Michigan's Crossroad to Freedom, the Underground Railroad in Jackson County. Here's the conversation we had with Linda Haas. We're, we're going to talk about the historical markers that we have here in Jackson. But I know if you're listening to this, you're curious about not only Jackson history, but you're curious about the Underground Railroad. And there's probably a lot of people that have hidden rooms. In fact, right now on one of the new uh, social media TikTok, there is a secret room hashtag that is going on. And many are curious as to whether or not they are a part of the Underground Railroad. So if someone is in a home and they have these smaller hidden rooms or areas outside of the home that they've discovered, is there a telltale sign that they are, in fact, part of the Underground Railroad? Or who would they talk to? Yeah, there's a couple signs. First of all, you have to find out when the home was built. If you can go, if you can find the documents that show maybe in the Register of Deeds when the house was built, if it was built before 1860, um, then you're at least within the right time frame. Um, the Civil War lasted from 61 to 65, and generally during the Civil War, the Underground Railroad lines were disrupted. So if you could find it 1860 or before, you've got a good shot. At least you're in the right time range. Um, the other thing is if you can find out who originally lived in the home and if they have any documents, perhaps they have some documents in archives or something where they gave um, insight into their, you know, into some of their doings. It's a good question because a lot of people just assume if there's a trap door or there's a tunnel, it's automatically an underground railroad connected um, location. And it may be. It may be, but there has to be there has to be more than that. I would say the location of the house too. If it's on one of the well-established corridors for um, the Underground Railroad in Jackson County, that would be a path that roughly parallels I-94, cutting through a horizontal path. I mean, it, it's a broad swath and it's not a straight line. But that general corridor was very heavily traveled. So if you have a house in that area. Um, and it was built before 1860, and you've got these trap rooms, um, you, you're, you're, you've got a good indication that you've got something to go on. I think one of the biggest preconceived notions is that it, these trap rooms are mm-hmm. going to be located in your home. In many cases, they were in outbuildings or in actual cellars that mm-hmm. were hidden away from the world, and there, there still could be many now that are. Yeah have been uh, not have not been unearthed in quite some time. 
There, there is one home in Jackson that I think is a very leading contender, and the occupant, it was built in the right time frame. It was occupied by a man who claimed that it was used for that purpose at that time. The evidence is just overwhelming, but here's another problem. I'm just salivating at the prospect of being able to document this home and have the owner share details with me, but it is a private residence. The owner doesn't want the home to be listed on any kind of a public discovery because they value their privacy. I respect that. I respect that. But there is a home in Jackson that fits that criteria perfectly. So we've got two sites here recently that have been designated historical markers, not only from the Michigan Historical Associations, but also a national designation. What are those areas? The Mount Evergreen Cemetery State Historical Marker is titled um, the Underground Railroad in Jackson, and basically it honors eight participants of the Underground Railroad who are laid to rest in that cemetery, seven um, Underground Railroad agents or people who assisted, and one freedom seeker. Um, The other site is Bucky Harris Park downtown, which honors abolition newspapers that were founded in that section um, of downtown and founded by Underground Railroad agents. They both have state markers, as you said. They both have national listings. Let's focus on Mount Evergreen. That is a sprawling, large, uh, how many acres? Oh, God. Um, I used to know, but I, I can tell you that it has about 11,000 tombstones. <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> Immense. I know that you had to do, again, when going back to your original point, uh, speaking with a librarian in the area, mm-hmm. there's no information. You're on a cold, there's a cold trail, there's no way to do this. Um, you took that as a challenge. Over 11,000 markers. Where do you even start? I know. Um, I called the um, director of parks and rec who oversees the cemetery, and they said, well, there is a site, an online site that tells you the suction number and the region number and so on and so forth. And I thought, oh, great, you know, I'll just go to the, go to the cemetery and look for those suction markers. And, of course, you get there, and you're confronted with 11,000 tombstones. And there's no, like, street signs that say section 10, you know, range, whatever. You've just got this huge, vast territory. And um, I began with the oldest section of the cemetery, which is facing Morrell Street. I figured that would be the best chance of finding these uh, older residents, these pioneers. Um, And I actually, I had a schematic. I was going to go right to left, back to front, and my husband and I divided up. And we have totally different approaches for research. My approach is very systematic, very methodical. His is very instinctual. And um, so we had agreed we're going to go through my methodology, and I'm starting, you know, I got my little checklist. I'm checking, okay, this quadrant, this quadrant. And he's just wandering around. And I said, Ed, come on, work with me here. We've got a process. You know, we're going to follow this methodology. And he just gave me this funny little smile, and he went about his way wandering about. And I'm thinking to myself, no way is he going to find it. Two minutes later, I hear this, I found it. 
What were you looking for? I was looking for tombstones with the specific names of Underground Railroad agents. I w- they would say Seymour Treadwell, Charles DeLand, Abel Fitch, Lonson Wilcox, um, something that that name and the, and the birth and death date, which I already knew. And he found the first one going through the instinctual method, almost as if he had a divining rod. It, the man amazes me. So as we started looking for the rest of the markers, I said, Ed, just go do your thing. I'll just, you know, you let me know when you find it. I'll just follow you. And he found seven of the eight. So I just have to say that I was lucky and I was blessed uh, to have a husband that's such a good supporter. Um, and it was in the oldest section of the cemetery. They were in, in a fairly close area of each other. What information did you glean from those headstones? Uh, just confirmation of the birth and death dates. Um, Abel Fitch has a very sad story, which is referenced uh, briefly on his headstone. Um, He was a part of the railroad conspiracy and died in um, jail. Um, That's a separate story. Um, I also gleaned that that these individuals were modest individuals. They didn't gloat about the accomplishments that they could have listed on their markers. Um, But Another thing that I did find out about the DeLands is that they were a pioneer family of Jackson. That is, they were among the first wave of settlers to come here, and they have a special stone that says, excuse me, pioneer family of Jackson. And the DeLand family is still here in the Jackson area. Yes, yes, exactly. I wanted to tell you about one tombstone in particular. You asked, how did you find these? The most interesting tombstone, uh, or shall I say burial site, was of Emma Nichols, who was a freedom seeker that came here from Virginia, didn't go on to Canada. She remained in Jackson. She is buried here. Um, I wanted to find her in particular, and um, we neither my husband nor I could find her gravesite. So I called in for reinforcements, and I asked the grounds crew of Mount Evergreen if they would help me, which they did. And we spent an hour and a half looking on a summer day. It was 101 in the shade. They're sweating. I'm thinking they're going to give up at any minute. Um, Long story short, after triangulating graves, they knew where it was based on uh, information that they had in their records. It was supposed to be in a certain spot, so they triangulated from the other graves that they did know. We found the spot. It just had a little tiny marker deep into the ground. You could hardly find it. No headstone. That's why it wasn't clearly visible to us, um, but we did find it, and I'm, I was so thrilled that I put a little, I put my shoe there just, just to mark it, you know, for, for future reference and, and, and cut the grass, and I felt that it needed more uh, of a memorial than that. Long story, very short, I went to Jackson Monument Works and asked if they would be willing to donate a stone for free, uh, and... To my utter amazement, they did, and she now has a beautiful, uh, beautiful headstone that honors her and her travel in the Underground Railroad. It's amazing how history can degrade not only in in secrecy, but in the weathering of headstones and the uh, documentation that just gets shuffled away or not filed or that, that, that makes the journey that you've been on so far trying to find factual information more challenging. 
absolutely. I used to I used to not like cemeteries. I mean, I guess what kid would? You know, you've got these these um, kind of spooky thoughts in the back of your mind of whistling past the cemetery, not going through them at night, and I. I you know, had that in the back of my mind for many years. But as I've grown older and have begun more historical research, I have a whole different approach to cemeteries. Because unlike paper references, paper documents, the tombstones, actually cemeteries are like libraries with, instead of paper pages, it's stone pages with information on stone, which does not perish as easily as paper um, you can find names, birth dates, death dates, occasionally stories about the person lasting for hundreds of years because it's not on something as perishable as paper. It's like stories. Each one is a little story in and of itself. Welcome back to Marking Jackson's History. There's an awful lot of stories that yeah. are involved with the Mount Evergreen historical marker, the state historical marker, but they're also, once again, registered nationally as well, Yeah. so that others don't have to go on this scavenger hunt. Where exactly is the historical marker in the Mount Evergreen Cemetery? Okay. Um, the historical marker... Um, from the state of Michigan, is close to the intersection of Morale and Greenwood Avenue by the entrance there. Um, it is by the Greystone Maintenance Building facing Morale Street, and it is just right at the front entrance. It's a green cast iron marker. It's like 50 inches high, 40 some inches wide. You can't miss it. And it tells a different story on both sides. There's a, there's a different text that just give more information about, about the freedom seekers and about the history of the cemetery itself. And by the way, the tombstones of those that, that are honored are within a short radius of that historical marker. Is there a website, is there anywhere that one can go to find the actual locations of those headstones? Yes. Um, There is no map, but there is a website that references them and um, gives more information about about the cemetery and about those buried there, and that's... um, JacksonMIUndergroundRailroad.com. In all the research that you've done, let's use the Delands, were the family, was the family aware of just how significant of an impact their family had on, on for freedom seekers and for, for those looking to... Uh, free themselves from slavery, were they aware just how deep of an involvement they had? You know, I don't get the sense of it. I get the sense that they were just coping with the challenges of day-to-day. I get the sense from reading their autobiography that it was something that was hidden, that they didn't maybe talk about a lot. They didn't pat themselves on the back for it. Um, and then the Civil War came, and their focus was, you know, on something entirely different. And then after the Civil War restoration, and again, the focus on something entirely different. I think they would have been pleased 
if they could look forward, if they could be granted omniscience just for a moment to look forward to see the greater movement that they participated in and the countless lives that were saved as a result of it that would have brought them great joy. Um, But I don't think they could see the broader extent of it, just their piece of the of the puzzle. Did you see maybe a, a broader understanding from their descendants as time went on? Um, I, I saw from their descendants a great appreciation of it, but I think that the information, this kind of information is not necessarily passed on from one generation to the next. And, um, like I said, they were very appreciative. Um, I seem to know a little bit more about it than the descendants that I spoke with, although I'm very grateful for their support. Um, interestingly, William DeLand, who was the patriarch um, of the family and who participated in the Underground Railroad, his granddaughter's obituary said, um, and as something to the fact, and as everyone knows, her her grandfather participated, and as she herself used to say, her family participated in the Underground Railroad. So that information was transmitted at least a couple generations on, but we're we're now talking, you know, three or four generations hence. When you were in the cemetery seeking out these headstones or markers in the case of, of Emma, did you have any feelings wash over you? Did you... Did you Yes, I did. It was a. Um, I've been to Gettysburg, and it's hard to explain the feeling that you get when you're walking. It's almost like you're walking on hallowed ground. You you get a, a, I don't know, a sense of kind of somber seriousness. There's a momentousness that that you feel, and there were moments that I did feel that way at Mount Evergreen, um, especially at Colonel Deland's marker. I think because he also fought in the Civil War. He was a prisoner of war. Uh, he was in. T- uh, Two, caught, captured two different times, um, released through prisoner exchanges. He was wounded severely, um, had a really hard life. Um, and as I looked at that grave, I did have that, that somber kind of sense of extreme sacrifice that it's hard to imagine today. I felt the same way when I was at Emma Nichols' uh, tombstone. In fact, I gathered with her three great-great-granddaughters who um, I located and who reside in Jackson today. Wonderful people, very supportive. Um, We gathered at Emma's grave and, uh, quite frankly, um, held hands around it and had a moment of silence for it, for her. And I did feel a, a, a special kind of presence or connection at that moment as well. It's interesting that Emma Nichols' family is still here in Jackson, and I think it speaks to the mentality of the people in Jackson at that time. Yeah. They're, you know, it's, it's like every place. There's good people and there's bad people. But um, Richard and Emma Nichols' experience was to connect with good people, shall we say, people that wanted to help others, people that had um, a humanitarian heart and and the Nichols could have gone on to Canada. In fact, most freedom seekers did. But they remained in Jackson, and they were supported. Richard Nichols had a barber shop, a very successful barber shop, and his obituary alluded to the fact that he was well-liked and well-known. Those were That's a quote from his obituary. And I think that sentiment um, was absorbed by his family, who has continued to um, remain here. Just as a side note, 
it's really it's 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 fascinating when you consider that um, Richard Nichols was prevented from having an education because it was actually outlawed in the South at that time, unfortunately. But all three of his granddaughters have been connected with education today, and one of them is a diversity liaison at Baker College. And what a proud heritage for this a freedom seeker who was denied something and whose descendants now are kind of a shining example of it. Anything else you'd like to say about the Mount Evergreen state marker? Um, just that the marker itself took, the state marker took about a year and a half to two years to research, and that it just a reassurance to folks when they go there and they read that information that it is credible, that it is reliable. It's not just based on whim or circumstantial evidence. They can believe everything that they read. It has been thoroughly researched. Tune in next week as we continue our conversation with Linda Haas and focus on one of the newest historical markers in Jackson installed last year inside Bucky Harris Park. Learn more about Jackson's history in any one of Linda Haas's books available at the Book Cottage and on Amazon, Hidden in Plain Sight, The Underground Railroad in Jackson, Michigan, Michigan's Crossroad to Freedom, The Underground Railroad in Jackson County, and The Hidden History of Jackson County, Michigan. This has been Marking Jackson's History, an in-depth look at the Jackson area's historical landmarkers. For more information and bonus content on this week's episode, visit WKHM.com. The Marking Jackson's History podcast is available wherever you get your podcasts. Marking Jackson's History is a production of McKibben Media Group.